Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We've been talking about blessing, your God-given advantage. We talked about how in Genesis 1, verse 27, the word says, when God created Adam and Eve, the very first thing he did was he blessed them. We defined blessing as a supernatural impartation. It is something that is given from a giver to a receiver. And the very first thing God did when he created Adam and Eve is he blessed them. He spoke something that it was inherent in him into them. There was a transfer through the words he spoke from him into them. The word in the Hebrew there in Genesis 1 is barak. And it literally means, watch this, it literally means to kneel, to adore. Ah, did y'all get that? It literally meant when the creator of the universe created Adam and Eve that he literally said, I adore you. Do you know that when Jesus came for you, it was to restore to you the sense of how God really feels about you? Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. He's just like the Father. So I want to tell you something today. He adores you. He adores you. He's for you. Blessing is a God-given advantage. It is God-given affirmation. It is God-given ability. Notice what he said, be fruitful and multiply. In this assignment that I'm giving you, this work that I'm giving you, did you notice that even in a sinless world there was still work work is not work didn't come in because of sin the curse that is on work where work takes you over came in because of sin but work was here before sin got here and God the God-given advantage to the in the blessing is so that you could succeed and prosper in the assignment where's your garden is it at the school? Is it at the bank? Where, where, where is your garden? God will, has given you, He has chosen to bless you so that on the inside of you there is the ability, the God-given ability to prosper and succeed in what He's assigned you to do. Now if I go down to UAB today and I put on scrubs and I say, I want to be a brain surgeon 
and I believe God has prospered and blessed me. No, that's not my garden. I'm out of order. God has blessed you. It's on the inside of you. You may not, your circumstances may have overwhelmed you, but that blessing is still on the inside of you by the Spirit of God if you're born again. It is an impartation. The Bible says in Hebrews, in Ephesians 1, 3, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? The blessing is in you then. So we begin to talk about that affirmation, the authority, the authority. Look, when Adam and Eve were created and God blessed them and affirmed them, when he gave them that supernatural ability, he also said, take dominion over everything on this earth. There was an enemy out there. There was an enemy out there. Lucifer had been cast down out of heaven because of his pride and rebellion. So he shows up in the form of a serpent. And they, they needed dominion. You hold on to that thought. God in Jesus is giving you, has given you the supernatural ability to have dominion in your garden, in your realm. In your realm. We saw last time how in the book of, uh, in the 12th chapter, how God, although sin had entered the world, God chose a man named Abraham. And he said, I will bless you and make you great. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. We talked about how the rest of the book, the rest of this word is about the fulfillment of the blessing of Abraham. We saw how in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29 that those who are in Christ Jesus are blessed with believing Abraham. Jesus fulfilled the promise of the blessing of Abraham and releases it to us through faith by his Spirit. We talked about how in the book of Numbers when the priesthood was established, God ordained through the Levites that the blessing would be placed on the children of Israel. You can read about it in Numbers 6 and 7. I don't have time to go into it today. But this is what God said. I want you priests, I want you to speak and impart to my people the blessing. I want you to speak blessing over my people. Uh, can I tell you something? Revelation says that you are now a kingdom of priests and kings. So part of your assignment from the Lord is to speak blessing to those God puts into your world. To speak blessing. Well, <clears throat> let's take a look here now at our passage in Joshua 1. I want to talk to you today about how do you start connecting with that blessing? What are some of the prerequisites to connect with the blessing that's already on the inside of you? Can I tell you something? You've got to get revelation on the inside before you get manifestation on the outside. If you're waiting on your circumstances to manifest before you say, okay, now I'm blessed, you're never going to get that, that, that God doesn't work that way. 
works on the inside. And I will tell you, you will be tested. We've said this before. You will be tested. But a lot of that testing comes not to build your faith, but to build your trust. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and sometimes trust comes when you're not hearing a thing. Sharon's testimony was obvious uh, in that realm today. It was beautiful. All right, after the, chapter 1, verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. This always fascinates me every time I read it. Why would God Almighty say something so obvious? Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. He was his son in the Lord. He was his very assistant. It was a well-known fact that Moses had died. Joshua was there. Why would God Almighty have a meeting with Joshua and say, Moses, my servant, is dead. Was it to appeal to his intellect? No. It was to release Joshua from what he was emotionally hanging on to. What God was saying was, you have had your security in your leader. You have been under the covering, under the mantle. You have gotten your security. You have always said, Moses will hear from God and it'll be all right. What I'm trying to tell you now is you're in another realm. You're in another world. Life is not the same anymore. What God was trying to say to him was, you have placed your security in somebody else for so long, that cord has been cut. He is gone. It's between me and you. Can I ask you something? Where is your security today? Is it in who you were married to or who you used to be married to? Is it in your bank account? Is it in your boss? Is it in your customers? Is it in your ministry partners? Is it in your spouse? Who is it that you really depend on for your security? I've got some bad news for you today that will really be good news. It just sounds bad. God loves you so much that he will not allow you to go through life with a false sense of security. And sooner or later, your preconceived notions of where your security is will be removed. You can't depend on daddy and them anymore. Mama is gone. Storms are here. Things are going to get shaken. Your father loves you so much that eventually he will allow you to understand that there is only one source of security that is always dependable who will never forsake nor leave you, who has everything you need. 
And it's not somebody that you see with flesh and blood. So God was saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise. Get up. Get up. Rise up. Go over this Jordan. You and all this people. Some of you today have an impossible looking circumstance and situation. It may be relational. It may be financial. It may be physical. Whatever your Jordan is, you can't even imagine what a massive, what a massive responsibility this was. Joshua was leader of over of millions of people. And there was the Jordan River that, 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 that there was no way to move all those people over. And God is saying to you today, what is your impossible circumstance or situation? Don't depend on somebody else to fix it for you. Don't depend on somebody else to fix it for you. I am all you need. I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Your security is in me. I want to show you something. Just turn to the very last chapter of Deuteronomy, just a page over, chapter 34, verse 6. I want to show you something here. In verse 9 of that last chapter of Deuteronomy. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, verse 9, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Why do we lay hands on people in this church? There is a transfer that happens. Old and New Testament, there is a transfer, a spiritual transfer that takes place through the laying on of hands. Hebrews even calls it a doctrine. Can I ask you something under whose spiritual leadership do you keep yourself? You are going to receive the spirit of wherever you are submitting to spiritual leadership. Some of you may think that is absolutely obvious, but you've got to understand that I'm speaking to people who are now all over the, literally all over the world. You better find, wherever you are, the right spiritual leadership. Verse 2 again, my servant Moses is dead. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them. I am giving to them. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. And boy, did they have challenges. But I am giving it to them, the children of Israel. Every place, verse 3, that the sole of your feet will tread upon, will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites. And Uh-oh, there's some enemies over there. Oh, somebody's in your land? Oh, my goodness. Somebody's in your land? And to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, I will be with you. 
I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now look at verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land. What land? The land I swore to their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Why am I going to do this? Because I promised my man Abraham I was going to do it. Wow. Where is our true sense of security? Where is our true sense of security? You know, uh, Lorenzo Brown said something to me the other day, and I thought it was absolutely profound. He said, there are a whole lot of people who are for you, but there's a whole lot fewer who are with you. How many of you have understand, understand that? <laughs> a lot of people say, I'm for you, but really they're not that many with you, are there? <laughs> Where is our true sense of security? And understand now, what God said to Joshua was this. Okay, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And here are the boundaries. From Lebanon, the great river, the river. In other words, you don't have authority everywhere in the planet to possess as your land, but you have authority everywhere I've assigned you and given to you as yours. Do you find promises in the Word of God? Why don't you claim them as your own? I don't have authority over you, and you don't have authority over me. That is a God-given right that belongs to Him only. But you know what? You do have authority to prevail wherever it is that God has assigned you. Now, it may be hard. It may be a struggle. But God has given you authority in that realm. So why don't you pray for the Lord and the authority of Jesus' name to protect that which he has given you from the storms of life? Why don't you pray in the name of Jesus that the enemy and the destroyer has no rights nor authority in your realm? And then notice what he said here. Here's the key. Boy, this was an overwhelming, overwhelming assignment. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law. The law was the first five books of the, of the Bible, the Old Testament, Genesis through Deuteronomy. I won't, I'm telling you, observe everything in that book of the law. Word of God, that's the only Word of God they had available to them in that day, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn away from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Stay in my Word. This Word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. You shall Rehearse it over and over in your own inner man. You shall speak it with your mouth and rehearse it in your inner man. Meditate in it day and night that you may, be, that you may observe to do according, according to all that is written. I want you to speak it. 
I want you to imagine it and meditate on it, and then I want you to do it. I want you to be in obedience to it. For then, God says, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now go back to verse 5. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Regardless of how it looks, regardless of how it feels, when you get to that river and you've got all those people behind you and nothing's moving, when the storms come and when the Hittites and Jebusites and Perizzites and all the ites rise up against you, when it looks like you're done, you need to understand, I will not forsake you nor leave you. Not forsake you nor leave you. The key to success starts on the inside. The change starts in our inner man. Speaking, meditating on, rehearsing, and obeying that word. But I want you to notice something else here back in verse 3. God said to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. And then he gives him the boundaries. But you notice Joshua had to exercise his will, didn't he? Joshua had to actually step out and do something. He had to get moving. A lot of believers just want God to fix it and then they'll step. Does that work for anybody very well here? Every place where the sole of your foot will tread upon, what are you not willing to do that God is directing you to do? I have given to you. I want you to know uh, in verse 10, Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people. Saying, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Boy, what, look. Joshua said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do what you tell me. I don't know how this is going to work. But that's not my business. Can I tell you something? Listen now. Figuring it out is not what sheep do. Following the shepherd is what sheep do. Being in control is not what sheep do. Being obedient to the shepherd is what sheep do. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Notice here that they had authority. They had special identity and grace. That identity, I'm not going to leave you. I'm here with you. I'm going to give you your favor and wisdom and the energy to do what I've told you to do. But can I ask you something here? Um, is it possible that you've got some ground that you haven't put your foot down on you know back when I was growing up maybe I'm old I don't know what it is 
I still had to dress up to preach. And I look at all these guys on TV and not a single one of them do that. And there's, What's something wrong with me? But I'm not going to change. I'm not going to stand up here in front of my people without being at my best. Everybody can do what they want to, but that's not going to be me. And if I have to come see you and marry you or bury you or something like that, I'm not going to wear short, uh, shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> Dr. Riddle would be proud of me, right? But you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking maybe you're like me. There's a lot of areas in life where you hadn't, uh, there was a saying we used to have, and that is, well, you've got to put your foot down. Does everybody know what that means? You've got to put your foot down. What do you think? I'm, I'm listening to the younger people because I don't want to assume anything. Do y'all know what that means, Johnny? You got to put your foot down. What would that mean to you? All right? And you got to, some things, you just got to quit debating and uh, say, this is the way it is right here. Isn't that right? Put your foot down. You know what God was saying to Joshua? You got to put your foot down. You're either going to obey me, listen to me and obey me and move toward what I've told you, or you're going to cower and stay in a realm of anxiety and fear and you'll never get that land. What are we talking about? To connect with the blessing you got to put your foot down. Notice, notice back here now in uh, verse 4. From the wilderness and the Lebanon as far as the river Euphrates and the, the land of the Hittites. You know anything about Hittites? Woo, boy, they were bitter, pagan, arch enemies of the people of God. You know what God was saying? Uh, they're in your land. I promised my man Abraham, this is your land. And the Hittites are over there taking your land. Who's got your land today? Who's stealing your joy? Who's got hold of your peace? Who is threatening to disrupt your life? Have you put your foot down? Have you gone before God Almighty and declared into the atmosphere of this world in the name of Jesus, He who is above every name, by the power and the authority of the resurrection of Jesus, on the authority of the Word of God, I declare that the enemy will not destroy what God has given me to, uh, as a trust. I declare in the name of Jesus that that man that left me, that that woman who deserted me, that, that whoever that was that cheated me, I declare that they don't have control of my life. This disease does not control my destiny. I'm putting my foot down. I will possess the land that God has said is mine. 
Well, I don't know, Pastor. I've tried that. And it, no, no, wait a minute now. You don't try that. You walk in that until God releases you into the victory. There ain't no trying to it. It is obeying as long as it takes. Are you struggling with an addiction? Why don't you put your foot down and say no more? No, no. No, no. This alcohol, these drugs, I will not have anything controlling my life. I'm putting my foot down. No, in the name of God, I believe your grace is greater than my appetite and my slavery to these substances. And in the name of Jesus, I declare no more. Do you go to... Do you, do you go to counseling? Of course you do. Do you go to meetings where there's, there's uh, support and accountability? Of course you do. Yes. But can I tell you something? If you've got all the meetings and all that, but you had not put your foot down, you're still not going to have permanent victory. No, no, no. Mm-mm. No. You've heard me say this before. It gets dramatic sometimes. Destruction and the hot breath of the destroyer seems it's right on your neck. When I was learning this principle of taking authority in Jesus' name, Bryant was with us and Tornadoes were coming right towards us. They had, news said they had come right over the summit and they were coming over toward our community. And uh, we were all shook up. I mean, that'll get your attention, won't it? Amen? So I said, son, come out here with me. What, huh? Come out here with me. I don't, you come out here with me. So reluctantly, he followed me out to the driveway. And I said, now, they say there's storms right over here. It's already been destructive. Now, Jesus spoke to storms, and Jesus is in us. And we don't have authority over everybody else, but we have authority over where we are and over what God has given us. We're not in control of the weather of the universe. But I want you to listen to this. So I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that according to your holy and mighty word, Jesus spoke to storms and so I hereby release my voice of faith into the atmosphere of this weather. And I declare in the name of Jesus that the destroyer, both, both natural and spiritual destroyer, shall not have what you've given us. It shall not touch our lives. It shall not destroy our property. In the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Christ before the throne of God. 
And we ask you to dispatch holy angels now all around what you have given. And we release this over to you in Jesus' name. And I demand every funnel cloud to cease and desist its operation toward our property and to not touch down, but to go back up into the firmament and to be absorbed. Now, some of you may think, Pastor, you're an idiot. The one that I follow spoke into storms. He didn't stop every storm in the face of the universe. He stopped the one that was about to destroy him and the disciples. Does that make sense to you? Put your foot down. Well, I prayed and stuff didn't work out very good. You going to quit trusting him because you don't understand? Sometimes you got to decide to trust in the Lord and not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Learning to connect with the blessing requires that we get serious about where our source of security is. Is it in somebody else? Is it in money or finances? Is it in customers or clients or business? Is it in a, a relationship? Is it in parents or spouses or children? Some of you who feel like you are the source of somebody else's security, maybe you need to resign today. Maybe you just need to go before God and say, Father, huh, I am not responsible for everybody's success. I can't be, I can't be God, provider to everybody who asks me or expects me of it. And I ask you to free me from the fear of disappointing somebody today. really walk in the blessing, we have to understand there's only one source of security. It's our Father. We have to recognize that there are the boundaries of our assignment given to us. And in that, in that garden, we have authority. We have supernatural ability. It's not in somebody else's garden. It's in the one God's given us. So Lord, help me to see and resign from trying to operate in authority in somebody else's garden. Help me to understand the, the difference between input and authority. And Father, I want to connect with the blessing, and so I, I ask you to help me to understand that that blessing is in me, and that I've got to get about believing and obeying your word. 
So I make a new commitment to you today that you are absolutely assuring my success. That I will speak and believe and meditate in on, on and obey your word. Grant me special grace. So God, I ask you, Almighty God, give me and give all of those that you've given me influence with. Give us greater understanding of the blessing that is in us and on us and for us and behind us. And, oh God, give us greater revelation of it. And on the ground that we've neglected and given the enemy, God, where we've let the Hittites in, where we've allowed somebody to steal something that is our God-given blessing. Show us, O oh God, that nobody and nothing should hold us hostage from the confidence that you are our God and that you and you alone are our security. Where we've been negligent or ignorant, Give us special grace, Lord, to take new ground. All that you have ordained for us as sons and daughters of Abraham in Christ Jesus. How we bless you and praise you, God. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.